Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. Um, We're starting off a Friday and just have a couple of questions like we always ask. How are you doing? How was your week? As always, my week was completely a long week, even though it was a super short week. And that's just been the vibe that we've been having since we recording uh, season two. However, the biggest conversation that we have to have is about your Thanksgiving. And we'll talk about my Thanksgiving as well. We will talk about some of the stories that we've seen online. And we'll talk about some giving back and shopping small today as well. So I'm hoping that you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. I know that Thanksgiving for the most part and for most people have been completely different. A lot of families have had to put a stop to their bigger celebrations where they've had a whole bunch of family members there. And... Some people have continued to do whatever they wanted to do. So it's a mix for those who have are are doing what they believe is the right thing as far as not having a lot of family members. I've heard and seen different things online where people were just very upset watching other people have bigger celebrations. And of course, when you're, you know, used to having your bigger celebrations and you're choosing not to, because I know here in Philadelphia, they're trying to get everybody to basically stay home and stay in your own home outside of leaving for things that you need. And that can be disheartening. So I understand the frustrations that I see when people are like, you know, why are you on here having big celebrations and then posting it online? And it could be the frustration I just can't even imagine. I did see a few um, people who had things online or I knew of a few families that still got together. And my thought to that is to each their own. Um, At the end of the day, I know that there will be a lot of people who will have cases that will go up inside of their own families. And then, of course, it'll be, you know, oh, my God, I wish we hadn't done that and things like that. But that will be uh, unfortunately too late. So this is not about fear mongering. This is not about, you know, listening to the government and letting them have control of your home. I just think that there's just certain levels of things that to me should be more common sense. And I know that things have to be different, but we should all be moving a little bit differently these last these next couple of holidays, because again, at the end of the day, COVID is still very real. It has ravaged so many different families. There's so many people who were not at the table this year, who could have been at the table this year. But because of COVID, they're not. And so you got to keep that in mind when you're posting things. And when you're just choosing to do what you want to do, you have that right to do what you want to do. But just remember when that right affects other people, you got to take more of account of what it is that you would choose to have as you're underlying for me, our family, we stayed in our house. We had our Thanksgiving with just our the people that live in our house. And it was a great, a great day. I did all the cooking. And if we weren't under COVID, we would be at one of my uncle's houses. And I still would have cooked. So I cook every year, regardless of what we choose to do. So that's why this year wasn't a big or, you know, ordeal for me to be at home and cooking because I cook every single year. I cook for Christmas. I cook for Thanksgiving. I cook for Easter. I cook for every single holiday. Um, That's how I was raised. My mom did the same thing. And I just think too, because you want your own food, you want to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go eat at home. Now that I've the few plates that I was able to take away from someone so's house, I'm going to eat my own food and be good. So that's just how I was raised. And I kind of like that tradition. So I kept that personally. And it's worked out because now I know for the next couple of days, at least, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to make. We're going to eat these leftovers until they're done and we're going to go from there. But yeah, our Thanksgiving was pretty chill, pretty calm. We did um, a few uh, FaceTimes with people, not a lot. And we did some text messaging. I did not text as much. And so anybody that's listening to this, that's one of my friends or family, please understand I did not mean any harm. But yeah, I spent the rest of the day just relaxing. I fell asleep twice, maybe even three times. The food was that good. Now I did my own vegan 
um, dinner and then I did the regular food for my family. And so we had a lot of vegetables that helped. And yeah, everything was pretty good. We had desserts. Um, Each of my kids were helping me with one dish. Um, So we had one child, the oldest child on the turkey. We had the youngest daughter on macaroni cheese and my son he was there with the pie so that's been our thing him in the pie my son in the pie apple pie is his thing so I enjoyed making the dish with each and every last one of them it wasn't stressful I didn't even start cooking on uh, Wednesday night until almost eight nine o'clock and it just wasn't stressful I think this is the first year where it wasn't stressful cooking like I don't know if anybody else feels that way like I cook almost every single day But it's different when you're cooking like a holiday meal because you want everything to come up perfectly. And the stress and anxiety that I normally would put on it, I didn't have that at all this year. I didn't have it with the prepping. I didn't have it with the actual cooking. I didn't even have it with um, setting the table. Like it just was not stressful at all. So that's why I was really just more lax and I just didn't have the energy to do a lot of texting with people. Um, So again, I just want to send a huge apology to anybody who may be in their feelings about, oh, I didn't get a text from you or I didn't get a call. A lot of people didn't get a call. A lot of people didn't get a text. And I chose that because I wanted to just have a relaxing day and I didn't want it to be a bunch of chain text messages going out. It doesn't mean that I love you any less. It's just that for me and self-care meant for me to have a quiet evening at home, watching the kids play, watching things like Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. Those are the things that we chose to do. And we had an amazing time doing it. So um, this was our first year having it, having Thanksgiving together without having to go to someone else's house. Cause we still always have Thanksgiving together, no matter what house we go to. So it was very peaceful and chill. I love seeing some of the people who had never made a Thanksgiving dinner and seeing how they got through it. I loved seeing some of the social media posts about people cooking their first Thanksgiving dinner. And I think it's going to make people a lot stronger. They'll definitely have more skill sets underneath them because, you know, if you've never made a turkey and then this is your first time making a turkey. I remember my first time making a turkey. I was like a kid and I was just, you know, stressed out and things like that. But it's different when you're a kid and your parents are kind of guiding you and you're like, you know, do this and do that. But when you go to make it yourself, you know, you have to make sure you remember all those things that you learned from a child. And, um, I'm glad to say that our turkey turned out amazing. I didn't eat it, but I got great compliments because, again, I had a vegan uh, turkey roast. It was so good. So, so, so good. Um, I made it with a lot of vegetables. I had a little bit of uh, uh, potatoes on the side. I mean, when I tell you it was good, it was good. I had some vegan mac and cheese. Again, thousands of vegetables. Um, some dinner rolls. Just a really good all, um, good time. So I saw a lot of people who post these would call struggle plates. I didn't post a a plate of my food, even though to me, I thought my plating was very amazing because I like to, you know, make sure things are in their little proper places. It's just how I eat. And um, but I still didn't feel the need to post a plate because I figured no matter if my plate was vegan or not, it wasn't going to encourage somebody to be like, you know what? That looks good. I can go vegan next year. I just I didn't feel that in my spirit. So I didn't post it. I didn't post any of the um, plates that my children or family members had. So I kind of just left it at that. Um, We all ate around the same things. Somebody may have had something a little differently than others. So I didn't. So I didn't post it. But I enjoyed watching some people struggle plates. Um, I don't know if some people have lighting issues, I guess, because I'm a blogger and I do a lot of influencing with products and things. It's very important for me to see lighting. And so for me, I think the biggest part was some of the lighting was off. And so like. Some turkeys that might have been super bomb and might have looked good good when they took the picture. The lighting was so off that the turkey looked gray. And so I was like, why are y'all posting these gray turkeys? So I'm just going to chalk it up to, you know, this is not your lifestyle where you have to know about lighting and angles. So therefore, I'm just going to chalk it up to just, you know, gram, you know, not. I don't know, just your first time posting the picture. And especially when you post food, I guess, again, I do this as a profession, so I guess I can understand why people don't get it. But when you go to post a plate or you go to post certain things, please get the lighting all the way right. You want people to see the essence of what it is that you have going on. I think some of y'all just need better lights in your house, period, because the lighting was just super duper off this year. Like I've seen some bad lighting where you're like, okay, you could tell the lighting was just a little off, but y'all actually might just need to change our wattages and y'all and the thing because the lighting was just some of it just didn't even exist. You don't want to take a picture in a dark, um, dark room. You don't want to take a picture where, like I said, the this picture, picture comes out of grayscale unless that was your intent. I don't know. But 
whatever the case, some of these pictures were quite, quite off. One of the other biggest things that I did for Thanksgiving was I had an appointment with my therapist. So I've gotten a new therapist. Now I'm just going to keep it real. And in the very beginning, when I started talking to him, I didn't know where this was going to go. I think my initial conversation kind of made me feel as if this wasn't going to work. Now I've been in therapy a long time. So I know for me personally, the things that I look for uh, when I'm talking to someone is the ease and the free flow of conversation. That is super important to me. I don't want to feel like I'm talking to a robot where conversations are choppy. I don't even like those type of conversations outside of therapy. If it's a choppy conversation, I'm just going to be very disengaged. And so when I initially made the appointment with a therapist, I got that choppy conversation and I was just already on guard. I had text a couple of my friends, my very close friends, and I was just letting them know, like, I don't know if this is going to make it. I don't know if we're going to be able to continue this therapy. I don't know what what I'm going to do, because at that point, I said, I'm going to always give everybody the benefit of a doubt. I always give at least one session, maybe even two, because I feel like I'm a professional therapy goer and I'm and there's no shame in that. Like, I don't have any shame whatsoever, but because I know what to look for, for what I need. I'm very like to the cuff, like I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time because it doesn't help in my healing if I have to feel on edge. However, I'm glad that I gave the benefit of the doubt because once we got into the session, the session wasn't choppy, everything free flowed. And so I, I without going into every specifics of what I discussed in therapy, what I will say, initially, my first thought when I got done, it was about an hour session. And it was about nine o'clock in the morning. So this was good before the day could even get started. I think that played a huge part in how calm I was as well. Um, Because holidays just for most people, I know it gets really tense and intense with emotions, whether you're thinking about things that have happened in the past during holidays, whether you're thinking about certain people that either turn you on or turn you off to holidays. It just depends on your upbringing, depends on what you were around and what people were allowed and different things. So for me, holidays can be somewhat of a trigger, although I absolutely love holidays. And I think I love them more because I have kids. I remember when I was single and I had holidays, I still did the same things I would do now. Like I still decorated a tree and I still put decorations up and I still, you know, bought gifts and wrapped them. And I still try to do my own little small traditions because, as, you know, as a single person, sometimes you feel like what else can you do? You know, when you're single, you know, you can do certain little things, but it's like, you know, it doesn't always feel as Christmassy. So if you're a single person, you're thinking the same thing. Trust me, I was there too when I was single and I couldn't understand like, what else am I supposed to do? But I would do small things like I would get together with girlfriends and we would have certain traditions that we did. And so that used to help to pass the time a little bit. But now that I have children and now that I have a family, it's totally different. And I can actually um, share in the memories because, like I said, my kids are very good. I have very good kids. I can't even complain. And with them, it's with the holidays, it's easy because they're like so used to the traditions now. They're like anticipating, well, when are we going to do the hot chocolate bar? When are we going to do our our pajamas and movies? Or when are we going to do this and what we're going to do that? So I'm actually blessed to say that they gravitate more to the memories than they are gifts I mean not to say that they don't want gifts because I don't know a child that doesn't but they're not so gift oriented that they don't enjoy the memories they don't enjoy the holidays for what they're supposed to be but back to therapy um yeah I was really nervous about how this conversation was going to go but I'm glad I gave it a chance. And for one, I thought I was going to be triggered by hearing, you know, when you're dealing with a new therapist, you got to go through your whole history. And that's hard to do within an hour's time. But trying to hit the key things about different things in childhood, your how your family is made up, um, talking about my marriage, you know, how our marriage might have, how, you know, with the dynamics of our marriage or anything in our marriage that be, is a trigger, talking about um, the the way that I'm raising my kids, because one of the things I definitely wanted to get clear in that in therapy, and I don't have any shame of saying is that I want to get clear of how to make sure that I communicate with my children effectively, in the midst of sometimes having these triggers. So I want to make sure that I'm not pushing them into any negative space. So that was one of the goals. So I don't have any my any problem sharing that that was one of the one of the goals that I wanted to do while I'm in therapy to work through. And so when he was bringing on we were talking about the different things that had going on at first it was kind of triggering because I was thinking to myself my god either I've been through a lot or I got a lot to to work through like I was like my goodness 
just hearing my story. And then I thought about it and I said to myself, and this is something I should share with you too. If you're the type of person that's been in therapy, a lot of times, especially when you change from one therapist to a different one. And let me just say, I only change therapists because I'm not the type of person that stays in therapy for like months, like for a whole year. I will go for therapy for a few months and then feel like I'm where I need to get. And if I feel like I'm healthy enough to continue the journey, then I will. And then I'll go back as I need to. So I'm not consistently like all year round in therapy or anything like that. So it's just according to what me and my therapist consider for me to be done and I can move on. That's how I do therapy. So now since I've moved on from the other therapist, now I'm back into therapy for again, you know, things that I'm dealing with and most importantly to make sure that I'm good with the kids um, is a new therapy, a new journey. So that's how I look at it. And as I was hearing all this stuff, as we were discussing it, he was asking questions. I was just like, I got to be kidding. Like this sounds like a lot, but I had to look at it. And this is the part that I want to share. Sometimes when you look at your history and you look at things that you've been through, it can be overwhelming because you start to feel like, my God, am I the only person that has this much layers to them? That's how I was thinking. Like, am I the only person that has this much layers? Like, am I the only person that's this, you know, off or has this many drama this much? And when I say drama, I don't mean drama like fights and arguments. I don't even have drama in my life, but just this much trauma. Let's call it trauma because that's what it is. And so as I was talking to him, I wanted to be semi triggered. But then I had to step back and say to myself, look at all the things that you had on your plate, the traumas that you've been through, and it still has not stopped you from being the best version of you. You cannot change your history. Like I cannot go back in time and change the things that are on my the trauma list, the things that I've been through. Those are things that I've actually had happen and I've gone through them. And now talking to him is just so that he gets a general sense of the things that I've had around me. It's not because of those are being a long laundry list of things that are current. So I had to change the perspective and how I was looking at it because I ain't gonna lie. As I was sharing different things with him, I was very somewhat upset like it was more upsetting because I was just like oh my gosh look how much stuff I have on my like this is a lot of layers and then I was thinking even in the midst of therapy thinking about when he asked me the question about my my husband and we've discussed my husband he's been on the podcast before about is my is my marriage affected and I would have to say yes my marriage is, is affected by my by my traumas they are, they have been affected by my trauma. I'm not saying that they're currently affected, but they do have their, their points because you cannot come to a table and unite yourself with one person and think that they don't have to ever touch the things that you've gone through, even if they never lived them, if they'd never experienced it. And one of the things that I used to find very triggering is because my, I feel like my husband doesn't have those same set of layers. He doesn't have those same set of traumas. So I always feel like I'm the one that's always bringing I come to the table with like a trauma basket and I've come to the table with these different things that I've dealt with. And so it's like when you have somebody else that's not dealing with those things, like you feel like they're always judging you, always looking at down at you, always thinking that you're like a, a, a project for them. And I felt like that in my marriage in the very beginning for years. Like I felt like I was my husband's project. So he was fixing me. He was getting me together you know, trying to get me all together and go through all my different layers. But reality was, is that that was not even the case. I came in there with a lot of trauma. I came in with a lot of layers. And because he's at a healthy mindset at the time, and I wasn't at the time, everything that's said is always like a dagger. And so that's when I had said, and I had someone send me an email and asked me about when I had made the comment when we were on the, on the podcast together about feeling like he was the enemy that was the reason why I felt like he was the enemy because he was happy and healthy and, and mental and, and mindset at one point or still is. And at that point in our marriage, I was not. So it felt like I, he was my enemy. So I didn't feel like I can safely confide in him all the time. Although I was still confide in him because he's my mate. He's my husband. He makes it easy for me to talk to him, but I don't always like his responses. And so I always would feel like he was the enemy. And if something that he said in our conversations felt like a trigger from the past, then of course, then the conversation is done because now I can't look past that. When you're not in a healthy mindset, the littlest of things can be said that could be something that's not as major as you would want it to make it if you were of healthy mindset. 
that is the reason why I made that comment. So let me clarify the comment about my husband being the enemy is because that's how I felt. And when your mind is not clear, everything will make it seem like it's the enemy. The mailman bringing the mail, it'd be like, oh, you just trying to hold my good mail on certain days, but not my bad mail. Again, these are some ways by which people think all the time. And because I talk about therapy and because I talk about self-care, because these things are super important. There is literally no physical way for you to become a better person without having some level of self-care, some level of therapy in your life. So here I am Thanksgiving morning before I can even finish, you know, prepping the food and I'm having a therapy session and I walked away from that therapy session completely at peace, realizing that my history could not be changed and that those stories or those things that those trauma layers are there, but they are a part of my story and I'm not going to just be able to like eliminate them. They're not going anywhere. They don't get to disappear just because I'm doing better. They don't get to disappear because I'm a podcaster. They don't get to disappear because I'm a blogger. They don't get to disappear because I'm a mother. They don't get to disappear because I'm a wife. They are a part of the story. They don't have to be a part of my, the way that I move every single day. They don't have to be a part of the way that I engage with the people. They don't have to be a part of that. And that is the job and the work that I do to make sure that they're not. And sometimes you need a little help along the way that says, let me help you see things a little differently. And so that's what I feel therapy is. And that's what it's always been for me. And I don't have any shame. No one could use that information against me and say, oh, gosh, she's in therapy. Um, Because what does somebody gain by telling somebody? You know, I used to actually had that happen to me before. But I thought to myself, what what are you gaining by telling somebody that I'm in therapy? Like, because you want to make it seem like, oh, yeah, that confirms it, girl. Yeah, he, she, he or she is off. You don't get anything by telling on somebody or telling somebody's story before they're willing to tell it. So for people who like to just run, 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 run with people's stories, You don't gain anything from that because if a person is in therapy, getting their lives together off of even something that you think, you know, at the end of the day, they may come out two times better than that than you because you're running around telling their story. And nine times out of 10, it's because you have your own story. You're not fixing your own issues, but you're gravitating towards what somebody else is doing. I am teaching my children to be very careful about what they say about other people, because a lot of times that reveals who you are. It's the truth. So I never really get upset when people try to tell my story. It just really, to me, it actually tells me who you are because you're not the type of person at that moment when you're doing those things, you're not concerned about the the welfare of someone else's um, mental health, their mental health. So this is the problem that I have with when people try to come at somebody for therapy. I And again, it could be sensitive because I am in therapy or I've been in therapy for years, but I honestly just believe that people who do the work of therapy and go into therapy and are doing the active work every single day, they're, those are the people that are, that people are looking down on, but those are the people who are getting their lives together. You know, it's one thing to have this outside appearance that everything is okay. And then be dying inside because your life is inside of you is going into hell in a handbasket. I personally like to have my insides match my outsides. And so I'm very clear about those two things. And when one does not match, then one like myself will go and get the skill sets, either i.e. from therapists, i.e. from journaling, i.e. from all kinds of different methods that you can do to make yourself a little bit better. These are what are the tools that we were given. And I think we should all be encouraging other people to use them. There are tools that we all need, no matter what life brings you you're capable of handling yourself a lot better if you get yourself into a therapist you're able to handle life better if you acknowledge the parts of that you've played in it like when I go into therapy I don't go into therapy looking to point the finger out this is the time for me to reflect in and get me together this is a time for me to gather my thoughts and these are the time for me to be honest like those are my honest moments that I can say it because I'm not concerned about what a therapist thinks about me. I'm concerned about what they think about me, that they can help me to be better. But I'm not like judgmental. I don't if I go into a therapy session and I feel like the therapist is judging me, I'm probably not going to get most of it out of it. Because, again, when your guard is up, you can't let free information flow. And I felt like the times where my was my guard was up with my marriage and my husband, the we just didn't flow well because it was always like a you're doing, you're doing. I will say, though, to someone who is struggling with therapy and you have somebody, whether it be your mate, a friend, 
a family member that just doesn't understand because they they don't maybe that's not their thing. They haven't had to go through that. They don't need a therapist in their mind, whatever the case may be. Be understanding that you're going to hear things. People are going to say things that are going to be super insensitive and that are going to make you upset. So when you know that you need to guard yourself in knowing that. And this is the reason why you do not confide with everybody and let them know that you're in therapy. Now, for me personally, I don't care. I don't think there's anything that somebody could totally shame me about. There's a thousand and one things that I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. However, I'm not going to allow anybody to shame me as if the things have, that I've ever done are like the worst things that in life and that are not redeemable. This is the reason why I struggle with things like when I see people commit like murders and rapes and things like that, it's a struggle because it's like, I know that I and myself may not have done those things, but people look at me and say, Oh, well, she's just as bad as that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a gamut of things, but I feel like there's redeeming qualities in everybody when people want to be redeemed and they're doing the work to be doing it. Just because you say you're sorry, doesn't always mean that you mean it. And you show you're sorry by the way that you move and the way that you act. So, um, I don't personally have a problem with it, but I know there has been times in my life where people have had the information. Oh, well, she's taking medication because I have taken medication at one point when I was going through my postpartum. But again, when you divulge that information, you don't. As much as you want to make sure that somebody feels bad or make the maybe look at your the person in a bad way. The reality is it just reveals you. Um, I don't care that people know that I've taken medication before. Because at the time I needed the medication, I don't have a problem with people knowing that I'm in therapy, but I wanted it to be my story to tell, not something that somebody else is deciding to tell. It's not somebody else's story to tell. It's only mine. And so if you're dealing with any type of mental health issues and you are in a situation where somebody just has the need to go and run and tell your business, I, I'm going to just tell you a caution you a couple things. First, you need to be honest with the person that's doing it and ask them to stop and tell them why. Let them know that the way that they're speaking about you and about the things that you have in your life is just completely wrong and you don't like it. If you are in a in a marriage or if you're in a relationship with that person and that person continues to do that and they think that it's funny, they're kicking up with their friends. And let me just say newsflash men talk too. so this thought that women are only the ones that discuss things amongst themselves. That's not true. Men talk too. So if you're not able to go to your partner and tell them that what they're doing is not okay and that you don't feel comfortable with the way that they're handling it and they don't change, I'm going to start to employ you to not up and run, but I'm going to start employing you for you to figure out some type of a safety plan. Because if you cannot confide in your partner and tell them that something is wrong and then feel safe with the information that you're giving them, you might just might temporarily until you can get to the place where you can be safe with them, you might need to curtail telling them those types of information because if they're just going to use it against you and there's some people who do, there's no reason for it to be con- to continue to hinder your growth. And I know that's like crazy thing for me to say being that I am married, but there's so many people who are in safe, unsafe situations. They're in unsafe environments. It would be a miss for me to not mention that. Because everything in therapy with a with a great supportive partner is not what everybody experiences. There are some people who will use that information against you. And when you say things, they'll say, well, at least I'm not the crazy one. Or look at this crazy girl or look at this crazy dude. I am telling you, I've seen it. I have heard it all. People make unsafe situations for people when you're in the midst of trying to get yourself together. And I would hate for you to lose all of the patience, love and support that you are feeling with your therapist and lose that trying to get through your partner and make them understand where you're at. They may not never get it. So I'm not telling you to have secrets. I am telling you to find a way to have a safe environment for yourself, for your mental health. That is what I'm encouraging you to do because not everybody has a husband like my, my husband. My husband has been supportive of my need to get myself together and my needs for therapy, for my need to be very vocal about my my therapy. Not everybody has that. So that was my Thanksgiving therapy, cooking, food, red wine. I had about maybe two glasses of red wine. I had uh, some coquito the day before. Shout out to my connect. Um, It was very good. I need to make them send them a message actually to let them know how great it was. 
but it was very good. Um, so I enjoyed a very relaxing Thanksgiving for the rest of the weekend. I have um, plans of setting up the office that we're setting up. We're also setting up our kids in a new space in our house. Um, I had told you guys from the very beginning of season two that we had a big flood in our flooded mess, but now everything has been pretty, you know, fixed up and ready to go. So we are switching out some things and doing some office spaces and kids, some learning spaces in a playroom. So we're going to be getting that all together this weekend. I plan to um, journal this weekend. I have not done that in a while, but I feel like now that I'm in therapy on this new journey that I should probably um, journal a little bit more and I'm going to rest. I do have some campaigns that I'm in the midst of working on. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a day and I'm just going to straight through go right through them changing our outfits makeup looks and literally just going straight through and finishing these campaigns Um, this way I can just have everything done submit everything and then be good to go Um, that just works for me and that that works for me also I have a lot of um, holiday things that I'm working on so those those are the things that I'm going to be working on this weekend is mapping out you know what I want to do this weekend and actually just going and just getting it done And outside of that, resting, resting, relaxing, eating some more, drinking a little bit more, having a glass of wine here and there. That is the goal. Um, Now that I'm in therapy, I am going to start cutting back on my alcohol intake because I don't want to, which is very real when you're in therapy, start engaging or finding that I'm drinking more because of the fact that I'm having some stuff come out. And so when you have in therapy and things are, you know, pushing in, they're melting through, you don't want to. I'm numb that by alcohol by any means. So I'm just going to be very particular. I'm going to keep a journal of what I drink during this process because I want to be very visual and making sure that I'm not self-medicating. And that is just a tip for somebody who is in therapy. You should really take in consideration of watching the certain habits that you do. Now, everybody knows I'm wine bay. I love wine. Um, a glass of wine or two is not a problem at all. But when you, if you start noticing that you come from therapy and you're three and four glasses out, you need to be aware that maybe you're trying to numb the feeling that you're feeling because it doesn't feel good sometimes after you come from a session and you might try to find yourself masking yourself with that. So don't do it. Um, Write a journal, keep a journal of uh, what you're drinking, especially when you're actively in therapy because you want to make sure you're not masking. That could be the same thing with smoking. If you're already a smoker and you smoke one or two, three, one or two, three cigarettes a day, but you start noticing in therapy, you start doing three or five, start cutting it back. Whatever your vices are, you need to write them down so that you're aware of them so that you're not using them, exchanging one for the other. If you work out, but you're starting to notice that you're doing three or four days, um, three or four times in one day because you just came from a therapy session. Although I'm all team for working out and I am team healthy, you can actually exchange working out as a vice in exchange for the feelings that you're feeling during therapy. So you got to find another way to deal with that. And sometimes a part of that is also just sitting in that feeling as uncomfortable as it is. Sometimes you have to sit there. You have to sit there. You do. You do have to sit there. Therapy is, is a lot of work. It really is. So, yeah, this weekend, relaxing, getting things in the office together, getting our spaces together. Um, the kids are off for another couple of days. So we're going to enjoy that. Enjoy them. I'm going to indulge in almost every Christmas movie I can possibly find. If you follow me on Facebook at Toy Time Ladies, um, if you just look up Toy Time blog on Facebook, you actually will find it. But yeah, it um, I have already posted the weekend. So this weekend they have a uh, free form. You have a list of movies that they're showing And then on December 1st, if you come back on my Facebook page at Toy Time Blog, you will find a whole gamut, the whole month, the whole listing of movies for the weekend for the month of December. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, We made some cookies. We probably make some more cookies. I promised my youngest that I would help her make cupcakes. So, yeah, it's going to be eating. I'm trying to find some balance in between working out and enjoying this food. But, you know, it's only but so many days in a in a, a run of time for each holiday that I get, because when you're a creator, you kind of have no really real days off. You always have fun. You know, there's always something to be done. So I'm enjoying when I have those down moments and I'm going to fully enjoy that. Um, so over the weekend, I was in just watching a bunch of different stories because, you know, we got more time on our hands to do more mindless uh, scrolling. Um, I don't always get that. Most of my scrolling and most of my time is usually for a reason. So mindless scrolling. So I saw that Regine Carter, which is Lil Wayne's daughter, 
decided to get breast implants. And she's always been a person, a young lady that everybody's been really, you know, rallying it behind because she's been like, you know, I love who I am. I'm not going to change who I am. And then now she has the breast and breast implants. So people are up in arms. Some people are like, well, you must not have loved your body enough to now you want to get this and that. I don't know. I feel like those are personal those are personal things that she's dealing with that she may just want. She may want to just enhance her breast for whatever reason. Can she do that and still be body positive? I think time will tell. I think time will tell. I do believe that for some, it does send the message out that she wasn't enough. And that now that she has these breasts that she's better. I don't think that she's going to ever be better just because she has um, breasts. I think if that makes her feel better, that's different. Again, because that's so personal, I just think that's going to be subjective. So I think some people are going to receive the message that she has been a bunch of BS in this whole time and she made to get more things done. Who even knows? I think that's a personal It's just her body. She can do what she chooses to do. It does not personally bother me. I still think she can, you know, be as positive as she wants to be. And that's her choice for how she wants to run her body and what she wants to do with it. I think that at the end of the day, as a woman, as a mother, I would be I would have to be completely supportive of my own children if my own children came to me and, and when they got older in life and wanted to do certain things. I mean, as a parent, you're supposed to try to support. So I can't even imagine something that my kids would want to do that I wouldn't support them in. And I mean, I can't even imagine this, the things that people put out and like, oh, if my child was this and that. I don't know. I just I don't see me not supporting my kids. Now, if they did something wrong. I'm going to say they wrong, but I'm still going to love on my child. So. I don't know. So I think that's a personal thing. And so people were all up in arms about that. Time will tell, like I said, where this all leads and what that does for her. But that's her body. She can do as she pleases. I love seeing a lot of the celebrities that were celebrating the holidays and some people who don't celebrate because of the thought process behind, you know, the whole pilgrims and um, all of that. Native Americans and how white the white men stole their land and things of that sort. I think I've always made Thanksgiving about family. And I've always been very cognizant of the fact that Native Americans, you know, this may be a touchy day because for them, it has so much history and the history is always dark. Um, and so I've always stood with them and stood with the fact that if that's, you know, if a Native American is feeling that because they've, they have had that brought down their family line and that's a part of their story I just hope that we as Americans can find a way to me the people people around the world can take certain holidays and find a way to unite for me uniting with your family and thinking about you know spreading love and cheer I saw so many people giving back to people who did not have and even in the midst of the virus finding creative ways to still do that those are the things that I tend to gravitate towards the holiday to be more about. I tend to gravitate towards making sure that if there's a family that I can help, if there's someone that I can help, not just on these holidays, but anytime that I can do those things. Those are the types of things that I kind of pay more attention to than I do about looking at it from a, a place of pain and hurt. Although we always have to acknowledge that. Like I never want to just be like, oh, well, it's family day. Let's just move on. It's not that. But I think I take I think we have the power to take this thing away as how we celebrate it and not even give place to not acknowledge that we have to acknowledge the pain that that, that Thanksgiving brings. And then say, what are we going to do with this pain? What are we going to do going forward? So for me, I'm always going to be about family and making sure that the day is about that. And my kids, my kids have a full lesson about what the day is. They could tell you, ask any of them from the youngest to the oldest. They know we've been teaching them very well because I feel like that's a part of starting conversations at home. We live in a world that's a completely diverse. And so they should know the certain things that about certain diversities and certain people in our community and the things that they're dealing with, because bringing us all together, we need to know how each other are dealing with certain things. That's why when it comes to police brutality, you know, having police that are in, not in touch with the communities that they are policing is very, very, it's just, it's not helpful at all. There's nothing you can do when you are working in a community that you know nothing about, that you don't even strive to know anything about. So 
that is how the the day went um leading up to the days um really we're just trying to survive you know the kids are still at home they're still online and thankfully they were only online for two and a half days so just allowing them to just be a little bit more free like my daughter was like I'm gonna go lay in my bed okay do that if that's what that's what you need go lay down I'm not gonna be on you outside of cleaning your room and getting a shower like hey do what you gotta do um so that's the mentality of the weekend I'm hoping that everybody has a great weekend I'm hoping everybody has you know, some type of connection. Again, you know, times are hard where people can't connect with their families. And there's some family members that are not here at the table. I've always been very cognizant of that. um, And how people feel about that. We have lost our mother in law four years ago, and the pain of her not being here has always been felt. Yesterday, I decided to use her um, gravy, her turkey gravy thing, um, gravy container. And my daughter was like, oh, you know, that's like bringing her here, like making sure she's always with us. And that was the goal. And I'm glad that my oldest was able to recognize that. And I always lift my husband up in prayer and and love and as much as understanding as I possibly can, because I don't know what it's like to lose a parent. So I am very distant in that understanding. But my love and support of him during these times, these hard times has always been increased around the holidays. So if you have someone that you know that is going through some heartaches, some pain and some loss, and that could be lost in so many different ways, please lift them up in prayer. Please show them love without, you know, feeling like you have to overstep or do anything. Like I've learned to just step back and ask questions. And then if I get a response, not to pry, not to poke, um, that is the best way that you can help someone through their difficult times is to be there be present but back off and hands off that is the way because you don't want to overstep you don't want to uh, make somebody more even more frustrated Um, there's people who are newly um, divorced I remember supporting one of my friends and just trying to be there for them and try to let them know that they're still loved and they're still valued and that this was not a failure. But people are feeling those types of pinches during this hard time. They think about those things. And 2020 has not been the best for a lot of people. And although a lot of us have had some great successes, we just have to keep in mind that other people around us may not. I was on um, social media and I saw a story about two friends, one friend who has been out of work for almost a year and another friend who just was at her job for eight months, gets a promotion. And then the friend who doesn't get the who's been looking for work, does that friend or can that friend still support the friend who has the promotion? I think that if you are a friend and you're in your worst situation, and you're going through, I don't think that it would be a miss of you to not be able to support your friend, even though in supporting your friend it may bring up some feelings that you may be feeling towards yourself I can still congratulate my if I'm a single woman I can still congratulate my friend that's about to get married without being jealous right and if I find that I can't congratulate my friend because of my own issues then that's not my friend's fault they shouldn't be less celebratory because of my issues that means that that's something I need to work through if I can't be a friend and be a solid friend in the midst of joy or 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 pain or sadness or anger or anything like that, then the reality is that I may not be a, such a great friend. There is such a thing as divorcing your friend and realizing that your friend is not the friend that you need them to be. And it's okay to close chapters. But you still should be able to support your friend or root for your friend. I've had times where my marriage was like on the brinks and my friends is like, my marriage is solid. I'm good and happy. I can't be like, well, good for you because the way my life is living, like you got to stop that underhanded comment stuff. That underhanded comment stuff, friends remember that. I remember it, at least with my friends. I remember it. You have got to stop giving a compliment with a back ended um, sword with it. You got to stop that. You're either going to be supportive and be a friend and stop making everything about yourself because that's what a friend is being about someone else, loving on someone else the way that they need to be loved. Some of y'all, these friendships, you got to stop giving them what you just, oh, this is the bare basis is all I got. Some might find that you might be getting divorced from your friend real soon 
because this is all you have and it may not be enough for them or it may not be what they need. Some of my friends are the friends that you can call that I could go and hug and be there in a point in time. And there's some friends where they just don't want that. But I'm still going to be a solid friend and be there for them in the way that they need me to be. So as we are navigating friendships, navigating relationships, navigating solo time and things by ourselves, realizing that 2021 is around the corner. 2020, I'm speaking greatness because we've already had everything we've had this year. And I'm praying that next year just will perk up. But regardless, we have got to understand that we are all connected to each other. And that the way that we speak to each other has got to be better. I know everybody's on high holy, you know, holidays for holidays and things like that. But if you can't treat people with the dignity and respect that every last person is due, it's something about you that has to be fixed. You cannot give people your bad attitude and say, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. You might find people starting to leave it. That is a self-check that you need to figure out if you are nice, nasty to people. And nice, nasty people means that you say the things that you think people need to hear, but then you come back with that undercutting. Telling a friend, oh, must be nice that your husband treats you so well. That is an undercut. You don't mean that. That's maliciousness in your in your conversation. That's a jealousy in your conversation. And we have to change those points in which way we talked about other people because it's not okay. It's not acceptable. And reality is that people need to start being more clear and honest about telling other people how they truly feel about that. So I will keep you updated as this this therapy journey continues. Um, Again, I'm going to journal some more. And those are just things that it helps that helps me. If you're on the brink of asking yourself, should you be in therapy? If you have to say, should you, then there's a good chance you should be. If you've given a thought and said, maybe I should do therapy, it's probably because you should. The worst thing that could happen is you're going to get better. And I say that's the worst thing because people think that when you go to therapy and you're like, oh, I'm going to get better. There's a lot of things that happens between therapy and better. And it may be the worst thing for you because you got to deal with things that you've not dealt with before. But I promise you, even though there's going to be pain, there's going to be tears, there's going to be frustrations. There's days when I've left therapy and I've had to take a nap. There's been therapy when I couldn't even come home when I was like going to an office. Now that I am home, I may have to separate myself out from my family because I may need to take a time out. Things change in the way that they, with the way we move changes, but doesn't mean that we have to stay there. So take care of yourself. Take care of yourself mentally. Take care of yourself emotionally. Enjoy your entire weekend, like enjoy it. If you're choosing to shop, go ahead and do that. I would encourage you, however, to make sure you shop local, make sure you shop small, not just on small business Saturdays, shop small, because these small business owners are really out here grinding. They don't have the backing that some of these larger companies have. They don't even sometimes even have a marketing team, but they have amazing products. So I want you, if you follow me on Toy Time blog on Instagram, I want you to go there. I'm going to be posting all weekend long small businesses starting today that I feel like you should support. Some of them will be local to here in Philadelphia. Many of them, even though they're local to Philadelphia, have websites that you can order from. And I will make sure that I post that as well. Some of them are women that are um, bomb business owners. Some of them are minority business owners. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to post them because I want us to shop small. I want us to put some money behind the small business owners. I want us to keep making sure that we support support some of our local restaurants because some of them have been going out of business because they don't have the biggest support like some of the chain restaurants might have. So I want us to make sure that we keep the things in our community as strong as possible. And one of the ways we do that is how we spend our money. So yes, am I going to shop Amazon at some point? Yes. Okay, some point I'm going to shop Amazon after I have shopped small, meaning if I can't find it locally, I can't find it small, then I'm then I'm going to have no choice, but I'm going to shop small, shop local first. You should be giving everybody at least one gift that has come from something minority, black owned, small, local or women owned. That's what you should be doing. Support small business because in supporting small business, you are supporting the woman that's trying to put her children into school. You're supporting the man that's, you know, supporting his entire family off of one business. You are supporting your own community in so many larger ways. So I want us to think about that today. It starts the biggest shopping season of them all. 
Christmas is huge. But let's put some of our dollars behind our small businesses. Trust me, Target, as much as I love Target, y'all know I love Target. I mean, if Target and somebody from Target is listening, listen, I will do something with Target. But I want us to also shop small. I want us to put the money back into our actual full-fledged communities. And the way we do that is how we spend our money. Our money has value. So use your valuable money to put it behind some of these smaller companies. You never know that the company that you're supporting, you never know what initiatives that's going to support for their families, what that's going to support for other families. Shop small, support our local restaurants, support, support, support. So follow me on Instagram at Toy Tom Blog. I'm going to post as many small businesses, black owned businesses, women led businesses, small led businesses, local restaurants that I can all weekend long because we got Cyber Monday coming. So I want you to spend, 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 but spend it wisely after you paid your bills. Don't go into debt for Christmas. I never do. I have a plan and we work our plan. It comes directly though. And I've been, my goal has always been to shop this underneath the budget that I've set. So far I've been doing that. So I want us to do everything that we possibly can to support a shop small because that's supporting it one to, no, to another. Okay. Have a great weekend. I will see you next week for episode number 10. Oh my gosh. We are at episode 10 next week. That's amazing. That's amazing for season two. So thank you for supporting me. Um, the best way to support me is again, you can follow me on the blog at www.toytom.org. That's T-O-I-T-I-M-E. Following me on social media, I have a Facebook page for Toy Time Blog. I have an Instagram page for Toy Time Blog. I have Twitter for Toy Time Blog. What else do I have? Pinterest, Toy Time Blog. Yeah, everything is Toy Time Blog on social media. So follow me there and um, read the blogs, share them. This podcast, you know, share it with a friend, especially somebody that's going through something. This particular episode is going to be amazing for them to see that they're not the only person that's feeling the way that they're feeling. A lot of times that's what people need to hear that they're not the only one going through something. So share this podcast, rate the podcast. Um, If it's not for you, share it with someone else. If one person shared this podcast today, trust me, it would get to so many different homes, not just because it would help with me on how I'm looking at the numbers and just seeing how you guys are relating to it, but it'll actually help someone because that's what this podcast was meant for to help someone. You already hear the stories of people talking about the great little fun things. I'm going to talk about those too, but there could be something solidly, really internally going through something, body, somebody's heart and mind. I want to be that person to help them. So share this podcast, share the love with amongst some other people, call a couple people. I didn't get a lot of calls yesterday. I'm going to plan to make them up and try to call people and text people today and all through the weekend. Um, send love to other people people are really struggling and they may not even tell you that they could be struggling in silence do what you can to support other people around you as well have a great weekend and thank you for supporting toy time and conversations with toy have an amazing 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 rest of your weekend Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.